Hello and welcome to Willosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson. For the title of the podcast, I will be quick. I know I always say that, but I, I am going to be absolutely quick because I'm in Adelaide and it is my day off my show, so I am going to take the day off. But we just recorded our other episode uh, of uh, our other podcast, TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, which is a, a comedy, idiotic, fun podcast that my friend Charlie and I have been doing for the last 10 years. So if you're looking for something extra to listen to and you don't already uh, listen to TOFOP, you can check that out if you like nonsense and, and idiots being idiotic. So uh, this episode of Willosophy, oh, very excited to have uh, a guy that I have known for, well, well over 20 years, Ross Noble on the podcast. Ross Noble is one of the greatest comedians who has ever lived. I don't think that is an unfair thing to say. He has one of the most brilliant comedic minds of all time. But what I particularly loved about this chat today is that he said at the end, he said, this is um, probably the most serious interview I've done. And um, there's plenty of laughs in it, but it was nice to also get the Ross Noble um, who you know was talking more seriously about things as well. So please go and see his shows. They are works of art. They are comedy genius. Um, he is just absolutely brilliant. And he's touring all over Australia and the UK. There is already another 30-minute bonus episode. So if you haven't listened to that already as well, uh, we talk about all the projects he's getting up to, um, you know, his touring, uh, the uh, voiceover he's done for a film. Uh, we talk all about that stuff in depth in 30 minutes. So that one's already up on this feed if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, but uh, I hope you enjoy this episode of Philosophy. If you want to support this podcast, Willosophy is uh, the place you go on Patreon. So patreon.com slash Willosophy, W-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y. That helps us keep the lights on here and pay everybody who helps me put out the podcast. And uh, James Fosdyke, who does all the original artwork, of course, for every episode. So uh, if you can contribute to the podcast, do that there. Or you can come and see me do a show. If you're in Adelaide, I have one more week to go with Will informed man i'm having so much i am having so much fun doing this show in adelaide uh it is great to be back at the fringe festival and uh man i've got a lot of new material and i'm really loving doing the new material and it's going very well with the original stuff was there in the show so i'm trying to jam about 80 minutes of material into the 63 minutes i'm doing Every night, it's meant to be 60 minutes. I haven't quite got it to 60 minutes, but I'm trying my best. I'll just talk faster. Uh, so you can come and see me at the Adelaide Fringe. Uh, midweek is the time to come. So if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, come tonight. Wednesday, Thursday, good nights to come. Sunday, there's some tickets available. Friday and Saturday are looking like they're going to sell out very quickly. So if you want to come to one of those ones, uh, get in very quick for the Adelaide Fringe. After that, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Two weeks of doing well legal at the Comedy Theatre. That's my show about being arrested. Ten shows only. The last time I'll ever do it in Melbourne. So... Come and see We're Legal. Uh, people really love that show and they have been asking for me to bring it back. So I am bringing it back. But then for the last 10 shows of the festival, I'm doing my completely improvised stand-up show, What You Talking About, Will, where I make up an entire show on the spot with the audience for you guys and you guys only that night because, uh, oh well, it's just something that I love the idea of just making something that only that group of people who are in that room that night get to experience and Ross and I talk about this a little bit because he is somebody who also believes in you know the spirit of you know making up a unique show for the crowd there that night and there is no one better in the game at that than Ross Noble so I hope you enjoy this episode.
Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Oh, this is how the podcast starts. I forgot to uh, mention this, but I think you'll be fine with it. Who, who are you? What are you saying? Hello. Welcome oh, no, to the podcast. Oh, no, no, this question. That's not revolutionary. I then... Oh, sorry. I then on. ask. Oh, well, I do say my name a lot, though, in it. Okay. Because I say, hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. Yeah. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. That's what I say. Right. I did not come up with that as the catchphrase. It was something I was over explaining early on because I had to change the name of the podcast because I started it for a little while and then just didn't do it for ages. And then Apple went, that's not a podcast anymore. And when I tried what? to start it, so it used to just be called Willosophy and yeah. it was with Will Anderson. And then now it's Willosophy with Will Anderson is the name of the podcast. What? So Apple just like... They went, no. What? Because you had a break? Because I had a break. Jesus. I mean, this was back in the day. I don't think they do that anymore. I that's how they... That's how they're treating you. Then how are they treating them little kids making all their stuff? I, <laughs> I mean, mean, probably poorly, I imagine. Yeah, blimey. Anyway, you, right. the question is, who are you? Who am I? Yes. Wow. Well, I mean, who are any of us? Oh, what's my name? I thought, <laughs> I thought God, I thought that's a, that's a big question. It's a big question to start off. My name is Ross Noble. Yeah. But who am I? Yeah. I have many things. Well, what, what are you? In England, what I... What would you say? In Germany, I'm Johan. In England, I have John. <laughs> That's not... What's that? The storyteller. You're Ross, aren't you? In England, I am... Um, <laughs> yes. What do you describe what you do? When people say what you do for a living, how do you describe it? I... Uh, well, on my bio, I've... I've on my uh, social media, I describe myself as international man of comedy. Mm. Because then, you know, that covers everything, doesn't it? Um, I say, uh, I, I, what do I say? I say, I always say I'm a stand-up comedian. And then, um, but it's tricky, you know, because you, once you start getting into that, it's a bit sad, isn't it, when you sort of go, you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. That's the core of what I do. But I do a bit of acting and I write stuff. And then I've sort of directed things as well. And then, so you don't want to go, Oh, well, obviously I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, actor, broadcaster. That's the other one. That's like, when people say, he's a broadcaster. So what? Well, he doesn't, he's not a DJ because he doesn't play music. Right. But then he's not a journalist. He sort of just presents right. things that aren't yeah. quite journal. Right. So the broadcaster, mm. so if you ever see... Broadcaster is usually somebody that just does quite a lot of voiceovers <laughs> and and appears on the radio and telly, but you can't quite pin them down. Um, but yeah, I stand stand up comedian is uh, that's that's what I am. I'm a stand up comedian. Yeah, I like stand up comedian too. I know yeah. if 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 I ever do some fancy event or you know something where they're not used to comedy, but you're meant to be the special guest and the CEO of the company or whoever they've roped into introducing you has yeah. gone to, you know, Wikipedia and thinks that oh. thinks that a long uh, list of all the things that you've done would be oh. better than a short introduction. Horrible. And Absolutely horrible. When they get to podcaster, I'm always like, you're not making it better for me now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. Don't, and the crowd goes, please don't, please don't mention the fact that I have podcasts. <laughs> the crowd all shout, who, who isn't? <laughs> He's a podcaster. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, stand up comedian, but what yeah. you do is, yeah. So, so what, what was, who? <laughs> Explain yourself. Yeah. I've seen your accent. <laughs> no, but do you have, I guess, uh, do you, have a different perspective on what it is you do because 
I mean, what you do, of course, fits into the world of stand-up comedy, yeah. absolutely no doubt, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it is a broad and glorious church. But what you do is very distinct also to what you do. Do you have an, an extra idea of what you do that's different no. to what other people would describe as mainstream stand-up comedy? Um, I think that uh, I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of, of necessarily the way that stand-up is being defined now i think that uh, weird, weirdly i would say that like yeah what i do is is probably not uh not what you would it's you know it's it's not a bloke with a mic uh it's not a bloke with a mic standing in front of a brick wall going so what else you know uh, but i think what i do is very much rooted in uh and I don't use that in the Australian world. <laughs> yeah, it is it's very much rooted. I've seen you, right? <laughs> um, uh, I, what I do is very much kind of rooted in uh, very, very... Because I always thought that I was very traditional stand-up. <laughs> like, I, that's, that's what I always thought that. Right. Uh, and I was trying to be what I thought a stand-up should be. So, But, but you know, if you, if you actually sort of... If you break down, you know, what I'm doing, it's kind of, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of silly voices and characters and dancing about the stage and kind of, uh, you know, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll do, because I'm a big fan of like old musical stuff. So I'll throw in like, like references to the old, you know, the old sort of, uh, you know, like Max Miller, like, look at one of my favorite things is like, I'll say something, I'll, I'll look off the side of the stage as if, oh, is the management around, you know? So <laughs> so I, I tend to do, so so even though what I do is, you know, you might not go, oh, it's the most, it isn't necessarily what a lot of people are doing at the moment. It's still very much rooted in, uh, you know, in very, very traditional. I'm very much a student of, the old school and I love all of that and I bring those elements in but I suppose in a way it's sort of like I kind of do those elements but then kind of subvert them but sometimes I really enjoy just you know just just doing just them, doing them. Yeah. yeah so yeah but I yeah no the, the way that things are it's really weird there's this there's a sort of a um I think stand-ups changed even in the last 10 years I think I think what's happened is like this kind of uh, you know how it was always like Australia and the UK would be kind of well certainly the UK was very much sort of it it was quite it was quite sort of club it was like twenty minute set you know the Americans were all about the five minutes they're about the that TV spot TV spot the UK was always more about doing a really good 20 minutes half an hour every you know everyone and then that slowly morphed into that thing of people doing like edinburgh as as edinburgh became less about people just being funny for an hour and it becoming this sort of like and i think what's happened now is that with now that sort of the you know stand-up specials in america have become you know 
the big names would do them, but you know, people would release people would release like an album, you know, they release a CD. And I think what's happened now is is that there's this weird sort of this weird thing where America and here and the UK, because it used to be if you wanted to see an American comic, you had to go on holiday to America. And you had to go to a shop and buy their DVDs in America. You know, you go, oh, can I get them sent over? No, because it's a different format, you know. So, you know, it's only been in the last few years where everybody's watching each other's stuff now. I had a and, period of time uh, where you could change your settings on your DVD. But, I four, but only like four, four times. times yes. or whatever. Yeah. And I literally had, you had to arrange everything in the order where yeah. you're like, well, I'm going to watch all the ones in this <laughs> format first <laughs> and then have to change it over yeah. and watch all the ones in this format. Whereas, and then there was a point where like, you know, DVD players cost like $30. Right. <laughs> so you could have had one for each. But back then they were still really expensive. So I think, yeah, there's a strange sort of thing that's going on at the moment where, um, and I think from like the Americans, I think the Americans' general feeling are on UK and Australian comedians is that we're all kind of, we do these like hour-long shows, but they're not that funny. Right. You know? That and is that is 100% their perception. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Like, I mean, I had 10 years working in the US and yeah. I think that... that I, constantly you would run into this idea where I would be like in clubs going, no, no, no. If you went to any club night into in Australia or in London, it would be equally or funnier than this jokes per minute. But, but did they think that, did they think that, uh, that all comedy in the UK and Australia, their perception when they talked about what it was. Yes. It, well, the two biggest things were normally they were surprised how funny I was because for, I think for that reason, you right. know, that you didn't talk, you know, do... What they just thought Americans were just funnier and more jokes. Well, I think that joke style, that like sort of punchline, 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 punchline. But we can all do that. We've all yeah. had to yeah, go exactly. to yeah. festivals and clubs and stuff and, you know, and you can make something that maybe you would tell us 20 minutes, go for 10 minutes yeah, and exactly. just do all the yeah, yeah, yeah. quickest, funniest bits of it if you need to do that. So that's that's their perception. Yeah. And the other one was, is Arch Barker a really big star in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> the question I got most asked most across. Because there were just a generation of people who obviously had gigged a lot with Arge on the way up. And it's become this quite this mythological story on the scene yeah. of these guys who probably haven't had the careers that Arge has had. And, yeah, you know, yeah, this yeah. mythical idea that like the gold rush or whatever, that you could pack up your bag yeah. and go down <laughs> to Australia. But then there's also that thing of like, with like, say, Russell Peters as well, you yeah. know? Like the fact that Russell Peters, um, I'd kind of missed his rise. Mm. And it was that thing of like, to me, it was, I think, you know, he's always like a, he was like a jongler's, he was like a jongler's regular, you know? And then, uh, you know, like you go, oh, yeah, he's like a solid... He's a solid, really funny mm. headliner mm. for people who are eating nachos. Mm. And you go, what? He's the biggest comedian mm. in the world. Yeah. Like, what? What? And then you go, all right, yeah. okay, cool. I saw Russell Peters down at the MCG tonight. Oh, what was he watching? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Peters. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I think in a way, the Americans, I think they're right in a sense, like with, you know, but there's, you know, I think that's definitely, and I think it's partly, it's, I think it's Edinburgh more than Melbourne. Mm. I think people are so desperate to, uh, you know, to, to turn their, to turn their 
stand-up shows into something that is essentially more like theatre, you know, something that follows the narrative and then just tugs on the heartstrings and all that, all of that, which is great. But yeah, it's it's a so I think the whole, uh, and then there's like I think there's be like a there's almost like this new generation of stand-ups who that's what they're influenced by, and I think there's uh, and there's also that weird thing of podcasters, who, and you know. I don't include you in this. I mean, you are a podcaster, <laughs> but no, but there's a, there's a thing where like, there's people who have done incredibly successful podcast who all of a sudden can sell out massive rooms and they've got, they've, they've got no experience in those big rooms. They, they've literally done the show and the people that come to see the show love the podcast, think it's hilarious and then want to see it. And I'll, see the show and are quite happy. And I think there's a real danger that, I think there's a real danger that, you, I always looked at it and went, you know, when you got rid of all of those like 70s, those old 70s comics that just used to do the mother-in-law and the racist stuff, you go, right, we've reset now. And from now on, we, this this is the path that we're on. That's not, there can't be another stage of the evolution of live entertainment you know live stand-up or where comedy on stage and i reckon in the last five years there's been this big there's this new thing and you go oh no i think you know it, we could easily become dinosaurs you know yeah so well the, not you because you have themed shows but, you know <laughs> I mean? but, but but you know what i mean like so yeah. but i do a, a whole bunch of things you do something that is you don't <laughs> you do the same old shit <laughs> Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. I mean, that's also sometimes true. Yeah. Um, different names, though, Ross. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> different, different names. Just call it different, different names. Yeah, yeah. Different, different, pol- different, different politicians that I think are shit, right. Ross. They're different politicians <laughs> the last time. They're still shit, but yeah. they're different ones. Um, no, what I was going to say is your style is a little, you know, do you feel like it, it has a an element of being a bit timeless because it's outside trends like it's not as influenced by because you see it come through fucking hope so whether (laughs) yeah right but whether it's like at the moment i mean obviously hannah's show was such a huge show that it inspired a lot of you know people to do that their sort of nanette style show yeah yeah, but i think the difference is though is that like that that show and her she is the Mm. best at that you know and yes. I, you know, and I and, and I don't I, I don't want to come across like that I'm like knocking what she's done because it's one of those things no, where no, no. like but yeah, like, it's, it's like, already been done. You don't need to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she's like you know not yeah. not only not only did she do it, and also as well like the timing, you know, like the mm. timing of it and everything. You talk about the what what I love what what I love about her right is the fact that like it's a little bit like. Uh, Harry Hill in the UK, um, you know, who's who's genius. He's just like he's just this incredible, you know, incredible performer, incredible writer. Like, but he and he inspired so many people. Um, so you've got. I always use the the example of like so Harry Hill. He would do when he was in the club. He would split a room, you know, because you have half the room who were like 
like holding their sides, like tears running down their face. And then other people are just like, what? Like just not getting it. Uh, Little Britain, you know, when Little Britain, before they were on telly, you know, I saw them do gigs where people were literally sat there going, I don't know what this is. This is insane. Harry did a show, TV Burp, on on ITV, which was on at Saturday night tea time, and all the planets aligned, and it was that thing of like it looked and felt like a kids show, but it it was so much more than that. And then adults could watch it, and then it just it was like the biggest thing on TV. Little Britain, the same thing. It just it just hit, and then and then like I think Hannah's is the same. You know, it's the thing of like. All of those people, you would look at them and just go, and I think that's why it's interesting when you see new acts come along going, right, what's working? You go, look at all of those people. There is no, like, you know, and this is no disrespect like to Hannah or whatever, but you look at her and you go, there is no way that doing her character and what she's doing and the idea of it, there is no way if you were, you know, if you were a big money big money she would be the last person that you would go i'm gonna i'm gonna back this as being like the biggest thing in comedy you just would you, you know if you were thinking about it's you know it's the difference between like you know you'd be you'd be putting your money behind transformers you wouldn't be putting it behind like a little oscar film you know what i mean and like well, a, that, yeah i get that because it, like you know what happens so often is that somebody does this thing and then everybody's looking for another version of that rather than exactly like i mean realistically in comedy that probably the biggest thing before hannah was you know louis ck and that era of like that sort of american tell it like it is you know bill burr you know yeah um, yeah yeah louis you know but the bunch of those guys who were in that zone so you'd probably be looking for you know, I'll come in and do what those guys are doing. Yes. If you're looking at the industry, how it is. Yeah. Rather than going, no, no, that's actually being played out at the moment and that's yeah. what that is. But the next thing is going to be something different. And, and I, I do think it is quite ironic, yeah. the fact that, like, mm. with what Louis did yeah. and what he yeah. did, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's a real, that's, that's, real leap from him to Hannah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's kind of, they say things swing. They yeah. say things swing. There was a swing. clue. Yeah, <laughs> It just exactly. was not the clue we were looking for. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You just go, right, what's popular now? And then what is the complete yeah, opposite, opposite of that? that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's kind of right. That's going to be success. But I forget what my point was, but I think... I, well, think, we're talking, I was talking about oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, outside and, the and, trends. Uh, of yeah, the, and about how yes. now it's become, yeah, quite... So now it's very fashionable to be... Uh, to, to have a theme and to really, uh, you know, sort of... Um, share you you know really bear your soul but i i would argue that you know like you know like if you're like character like character is what is what people do so you know if you're writing like a film or whatever you don't go it's not a person that, and i think sometimes with stand-ups stand-ups basically come out and they like if it was a film it would be the equivalent of somebody walking out and going so I'm an angry man. I'm an angry man, and I, you know, and and I don't like this, and I don't like that, and then there's no sort of like subtext to it at all, you know. And I think like, um, and I think what's happened is like with a lot of these shows, people are going, uh, 
I'm going to tell you about my pain and I'm going to, uh, and it's all about this. And then this, this was my life and all the rest. Of, and you sort of just telling it. Whereas I think the comics that I really like are the ones that go, here's what I, th- here's, here's my thoughts. And then you can kind of like, people could watch my show and they can go, we don't find out anything about, him. we don't know who he is. We don't know. Like, you know, that's always, like a mate of mine you know really good comic basically just went i just watched your show and you told us nothing about yourself but my argument is i've told you everything about who i am because what you've watched what you've seen on stage is a complete that is basically just a demonstration that's a demonstration of who i am if I'm talking about, it's like Seinfeld, you know, like he, I know he's now talking about his family and all the rest of it, but you are Seinfeld and him, you know, the, the minutiae of life, you go, oh, I get who this guy is. Yeah. He, you, you, he's annoyed you know, by this sort of thing. He doesn't, you know, he, exactly. he, he finds this puzzling. He is dismissive of this sort of thing. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't actually matter what the topics are that he's speaking about. I'm getting a sense of who he is from yeah. the way that he's speaking about and, it. And, and don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of shit comics mm. who basically don't know who they are and basically go, oh, that's funny. I'll just say that. I'll say that. But I think, I think if you sort of get to a point where you are, you know who you are and you know who you are on stage, then that comes across. You see the character, you know, and it might be that people walk out of my shows and go, Oh, I get it. He's a fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, but yeah. And I, I would have thought yeah. with improvising in particular, like particularly when you're, you know, weaving stuff in the moment. Yeah. You know, I use improvising. Is it, is that an okay term to use? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, yeah, you'd be offended by, you know. But, no, 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 no. Well, but, but, I always yeah. say when I'm doing improvised shows, yeah, I say that's you'll learn more about me in those shows than you'll learn in the ones where I'm telling you a story about me because there's no guards or filters. Yeah. I haven't had the time to think what is the right thing to say about this or what is the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like you yeah. are just getting that my thoughts is yeah. like, I'm saying them as quickly as I think them. And there is no, and, and, and sometimes, sometimes quicker. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, you open up your head and something comes out and you go, Oh, that's, <laughs> Oh, Oh, danger. Like, what was I talking about the other night? Uh, I did a thing. Uh, Oh God. What was it? Um, yeah, I was talking about uh, Ganesh, the the oh, yeah. um, the 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 elephant-headed god, and then many I hands, s- right? Is that correct? May, like what? Is the Ganesh the one with the many hands? Or no, I Ganesh- think he's just. Oh no, I think he's got four hands. Four maybe. hands. Or he's just hands? got the elephant, elephant head. Elephant head. And uh, and I said something like um, elephant. So I see an old Ganesh, and I, I realised I didn't know what the festival was that Ganesh mm-hmm. uh, represented. So I just said, so well, welcome all you Hindus. Because I, I like to think I've got a big kid. I said, welcome all you Hindus. Happy uh, uh, Elephant Face Dancing Festival. <laughs> it's like Dance Fest. That's what it was, yeah. Elephant Face Dance Fest. And, uh, and it was one of those things where I'd already said it. Yeah. And I went, I don't know what the festival is, but there's probably dancing involved <laughs> and he's got a big elephant head on him. So, you know, and it's one of those things where I'd already said that and went, oh, that could be, uh, yeah. that could be the most offensive thing ever. 
But I'm going to say that to anyone who looks even vaguely Hindu. <laughs> Uh, so, so anyway, so yeah, do you have yeah, that yes, sense yes. of self, like that is particularly important to what you're doing on stage. Has there been times where you've kind of that you've doubted that sense of self, or have you always been able to say, "This is me. This is what I do"? Or are there still times along the journey that you start to think, you know, am I in charge of this voice or this perspective, or um, am I confident in my in myself enough to be able to do this? Uh, the the time, the only time it sort of started to feel a bit weird was after I had kids, because obviously there's that weird thing of kind of going, I'm, I'm now responsible for keeping two humans alive, mm. and and about are these monkey jokes going to do it? <laughs> yeah, and 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 sort of going, uh. You know, almost that thing of going, you know, as soon as you have kids, like that, it becomes that thing of there's almost, there's part of your brain that goes, you need to start taking things seriously. Right. This is serious now because these humans rely on you. And then I thought about it and I thought, it's mainly my wife that's doing right. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it's like, like if she died, yeah, then we'd be in trouble. <laughs> but for now, you know, like, um, I wouldn't say I'm a hundred percent responsible for those children. I would say, you know, I'm a big part of it. Right. But, but yeah, so that was the only time there was a bit big of big part of it. But just perhaps, you know, if you're in a lifeboat scenario and they can only afford to keep one, <laughs> yeah, you know. So that that was the only time it got a bit. Uh, but here's the thing that I've been struggling with, mm. and I've I sort of, I've I've sort of talked about this on stage a little bit. Um, so so my problem at the moment, right, is it turns out everybody's mental, right? What do you mean by that? Well, just everyone, like literally, everyone suffers from some sort of mental illness, right? Mm. Like it's just, that just seems to be the way. And it's brilliant. Everyone's talking about it. It's out in the open. People, you know, people have got these anxieties and, uh, you know, and everyone's got, you, you know, I, I would say that people are realizing that there are, you know, these important mental health things. I'm, I don't. And it's one of those things where I I'm starting to think Is that your opinion or a but, professional outsider? No, but this is this is the problem, right? I think right? you've just monetized your madness. But this is the que <laughs> but this is the question, right? So uh oh, and the, just, and the yeah, clap is under again. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> um but no, so I'm now I'm now in that uh, I'm I'm struggling with the idea of so essentially either I'm fine or I'm a complete narcissist who so I've got to make that decision am I am I fine and absolutely 100 percent happy or am I a raging megalomaniac who is unable to uh, critically. Uh, assess the fact that they're a fucking 
I mean, like, pro- probably nice. a little of both, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that's that's kind of the that's the tricky thing because I I um yeah I don't have any sort of uh, yeah I don't I don't suffer from I, in fact how, I would, how do you go when things are hard though because you know you've been through sometimes in your life you know i mean australia recently had fires you yeah, know, yeah 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 you know, that whole experience in your life like when things are just demonstrably you know tough in your life yeah how, how do you react in those circumstances do you um, have that same level of resilience and lack yeah, of anxiety and depression yeah, yeah, but, that comes but, with it but i have that weird thing of going i just sort of get on with it mm. and then people go oh but you're suppressing mm. it and you go. I don't think I am. I re- I'm sort of just getting on with it. Yeah. I'm just dealing, you know. And then they go, oh yeah, but that's oh. you're you're pushing that down, mm. and that's gonna come back. Mm. That's gonna come back, and it, when that bubbles up, mm. you're gonna lose your mind. Mm. So I'm kind of going, no, no, I'm sure I'm fine. <laughs> I'm I'm sure. I'm sure I'm fine. Which is also what someone who was suppressing it would say. So I can understand their confusion. Yeah. But. And this is why shrinks make so much money. Yeah. If I went into it, if I went up in the fact I'm lying on a couch as we speak. But it's just that thing of like, oh. You've, you've stretched out more and more on the Oh, yeah, no, I really have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept talking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Ross, when do you think this will yeah. come back to so, haunt you? So, yeah, so it's, it's really, I, I find it, it's, it's quite, it's very, it's tricky. It's really tricky because, uh, no, I, cause I, I sort of, um, you know, like, every, like everyone gets, everyone gets sad. Right. Everyone gets, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's points where I'll be, you know, you know, where you go, mm, that's a bit, but I, but it doesn't, it's not a, I, I think I get, I, I, I get frustrated with stuff because it's the, I get really frustrated with things that you can't control. I get a little bit, I get a bit frustrated. But yeah, but I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. And I'm not just going, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm definitely fine. I genuinely, like, um, and I'm sure. I'm do sure. you feel like you've always been fine? Or do you feel like things like, you know, a, a relationship that you love and a job that you love and, you know, financial security have led to the fact that you feel fine or do you believe that you've always had this attitude of you know, things being fine? Always, always yeah. fine. I, I had a horror, like when I was a kid, so... Uh, it is raining I, really heavily <laughs> <everyone else>. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're not. The weather's like, it's like all of the outside forces trying to do like, everything. The like, more the, the, snow through the window. Exactly. Like, There's literally... I've never really had a locust fly in yeah. from the corner. No, honestly, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just fine. And then it'd just be like, someone's bleeding face will hit the window and just slide down. Turns out all climate change evidence is just you suppressing your emotions and the universe trying to... I had a horrible... Probably leans into the narcissism thing that you think the weather outside is a direct result of your personal insight. Yeah. No, no, because uh, I control the weather. Yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's like Frankie Howard used to have a great joke grade. Whoever had booked him for the gig, you know, if it was like like Lord Delphon or whatever, or you know, like the head of the thing, and he'd go, uh, "Don't think he's God. Thinks he's God. I mean, there's so many of us." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Um, that really has got biblical now. I know it's it's very um, loud. No, so I, I uh, so I had uh, so I'm dyslexic, and it has been suggested ADHD. But I, I just you know just think I'm enthusiastic about things. But so so I'm dyslexic. So I uh, I had a horrible like school for me was was incredibly boring and and just just uh it was just difficult like the actual thing of just just going there and doing it so when i was a kid there was times where there was times where i was really uh i just wasn't enjoying myself at all um and as soon as i left school it was like <laughs> Oh, great. Fine. Problem's gone away. <laughs> Everything, you I don't know. have to go to that place that I didn't like anymore. <laughs> yeah. Turns out it's not. Mm. It turns out, it turns out, I, I thought, oh, am I depressed here? And I go, no, no, I'm just reacting to the fact that this is shit. Mm. And that's the, um, but you know, you're talking about, uh, um, you know, like my, my big philosophy on life. I th- I th- I honestly think, and I know everyone's different because everyone's brains wired up in a different way, but I honestly think that I've cracked it. I think all of these, you know, you all these like self help books and all of this business. I think for me, and it's probably different for everyone. I think that's why, like you know, the whole self help thing is such bullshit because you go follow this path, and you go, well, no, because that path's going to be different for because we're all, you know. It's self-help. You have to write your own book, technically. Exactly. I've given you two rules to have a start, but I've left four empty spaces because I don't know you. How the fuck am I going to tell you what to do with your life? I've never met you. Outside help. (laughs) Um, So for me, I reckon this... You ready for this? I'm going to fucking drop this on you and this could change your entire life, right? I reckon the, the, the secret, the secret to... Uh, to, to I'm not even gonna say happiness because that's like it's just a concept in itself. But I reckon that the way that 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 I think personally was well, two things. Firstly, you got to be in the moment. Don't think about don't think about what's gone. Don't live in the future. Like literally, just be, like be where you are. Right. Be you know enjoy what's happening and, and this is the this is the when i when i worked out because it was what is it what is the thing that that makes me happy that, that is right for me and it's 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 playing i realized when i was a kid i loved to play and when i was like at school it was like right you have to get on with your work and it was this and it was horrible it was just this like this sort of festering nightmare of just like, no, 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 stop, stop mucking about, stop mucking about, just play. Like, like, you know, get your work done. And I'm thinking, oh, but I want to be playing, you know? And then I realized that like with, I thought, why is it I love doing comedy so much? And you go, because you're playing, that's what you're doing. You're playing with ideas and people have turned up to come and play with you and we're all playing together and and then i looked at like my uh 
I looked at my hobbies and I realized that like all the things that I like doing is basically similar to when I was a kid. I'm just still playing. I go, you know, I'll buy a, I'll buy a JCB and dig some holes. Am I doing that? Cause I'm trying to be some sort of alpha male. Look at me with big machine. No, it's just playing with Tonka toys, but they're massive. And you know, I ride, ride a motorbike, same way that I used to ride a bike when I was a kid. And and I so and people would go, uh, you know, people go, you know, like with with work stuff, they go, I oh, like, you know, you incredibly focused and really hard working, and you go, no, I'm not. I basically, that's that that's just it. Fe- it doesn't feel like work because mm-hmm. it's fun because it's just playing. And even like when people talk about. So, like, I've been uh, writing, you know, like, uh, scripts and stuff recently, and some people talk about, you know, the writing process and, like... Just by the way, your your mind work on that, for me, was absolutely fantastic. Go the on. fact that you just did a little, like, puppet playing the piano mime for writing, as if yeah. I would not... You know, I've been writing. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. writing. <laughs> um, but you know what's mental, right? It's for years. For So, so I, I found this... Uh, so whenever I've written stuff like you know to, for the telly or whatever or for radio, I've always like I find it so hard to get the ideas that are in my head on the page, like writing longhand, um, and computers have always just been this kind of like that's even more complicated than just writing stuff down. And I got this software which is really easy to use. Like Final Draft's a nightmare. It's really easy software. And all of a sudden, it's that thing of like, I'm writing this stuff. And instead of going, instead of it just being like a mess and all over the place and I move things around, and I actually found myself saying to somebody, I was going, you know, like, it's really easy to write. Like, I I use a computer. I actually use a computer to write. And this person's looking at me like... Are you insane? <laughs> like, are you like, like I discovered it, and I was going, but like with a computer, you can just delete it. You can delete it, and they were going like, because yeah. I've always just like had, I've had everything in my right. head, and then I've gone, what's the, how do I just get this? I need to get this so that it becomes a thing, and the it something. So anyway, so you know, people talking about like, uh writing you know you know writers going oh i hate writing but i i love having written and just like the 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 blank page and the and this stuff i've been doing it's just like i i can lose myself for hours and hours and hours and i just love it just because it's again it's that thing of like it's not a it's not a job it's just that thing of going oh we, what we're we gonna do? It's just a big train set of like, oh, we put that there, and that thing can happen, and then it can just, you know. And and I think that like, and I realised when I sort of come to this uh, conclusion, I realised that I'd applied that basically to everything in my life. So like when I used to, uh, you know, so like when I used to do like gigs that were like really hard, you die on your ass. I'd see other acts and they'd just be completely destroyed by it and just like feeling really shit. And I've always had that thing of just going, yeah, but like, let's look at what's happened to you. Like, 
we're in this room and all these people this thing happened we went through this experience and it was it wasn't horrible it was just like how many people how many people get to experience this sort of roller coaster of emotion and also it's done now it's fit you know it's finished so therefore you know <laughs> hey. do, do, you know what I, do you know what I mean? But you've always so, had a sense of so. I remember I was going uh, on the first ever comedy road show. You know the Melbourne comedy road yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still every time I go through the airport, in, is it Townsville? Is that where it was? <laughs> it, it was somewhere. Yeah. It was, so, it was somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Townsville. I think it was Townsville. Yeah. yeah, where you disappeared, <laughs> and then if I if I'm remembering this correctly, had gone out the back. It's pre nine eleven. Yes, let, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very yes. important to the people <laughs> to know that yeah. this was pre nine eleven. Describe to me what your memory of that is. So there was there was what there was like ten of us maybe yeah probably like right? in that minibus and yeah. stuff. So all the acts and then the the tour manager and all that. And uh, it's a it's still quite a big airport. It's not like one where they just put your bags on. No. The, so there was the, yeah, they had the... Well, there's a military um, base, I think, there or something there like is. that. There is, yeah, and yeah, so, yes. Um, it's a big regional yeah, centre. big Townsend. regional centre. And the conveyor belt was coming around and we'd all stood next to the bit where the bags appear, but the conveyor belt sort of went off and, you know, it went round and then disappeared through a little hole. And I was, I was, I was, you know, amusing myself, just kind of. And I hate that's one of my worst times is the is standing at the bag, baggage carousel. That is one of those times where I f- could randomly punch people. You know, when there's a line and people just like you, you've got direct line of sight, and people start encroaching, yeah. and you just go, yeah. "If we all step back together mm. as a community, we're all fine." This is why there'll never be yeah. peace on earth because no, no. you fuckers. you leave a gap, some fucker stands in front like exactly. you're saving them the gap. You're exactly. Like, no, no, hang on. The- yeah. We're stepping back. <laughs> We're all standing back. So we can all see. You know, no, it's like... You've pe- ruined it now. People who like... People on the... You know, you leave a gap on the motorway and somebody just mm. fills the gap. Yeah. That's not... No, no, no. It's not for you. That was... That's so that when that person... breaking distance. Yeah. When so that person... So die in yeah, When they slam their brakes yeah. on, so me and all my yeah. family don't die. Yeah. Now, you're going to die <laughs> and I'm going to be watching. So anyway, so... So I looked across and I could just see one of the plastic flaps mm. had got stuck. So you could see through, you could see these two blokes loading up the bags and I could see, and you're not supposed to see, it's meant to be, you know, never, you know, peek behind yeah. the curtain. So I just walked around and I sort of looked through and I made eye contact with one of the guys. I went, all right. And he's like, all right. And I went, uh, I said, I'm coming through. And he went, what? And I jumped on the conveyor belt and disappeared through. So I was now pre-9-11. So I'm now, and the guy went, he said, what, what are you doing? He said, you can't, you can't be back here. I said, oh, okay. I, I'll, I better go. I, I'll go back that way. And he just went, you've done this on purpose. Haven't you? I said, yeah. I said, mm. I said, all the guys I'm with are, are next. They're waiting for their bags. So I'm just going to. So I'm going to get on the conveyor belt and I'm going to emerge. And uh, and there was a big plastic bag. And I went, I couldn't have that, could I? And he said, <laughs> and the two of them were just going like, and the two of them went, sorry, so you want to get in this bag and then emerge with all the bags? And I went, 100%. Yeah. 
And like at that point, both of them, because that, that's they've thought about this every day. No one's ever emerged through that. They've thought about doing this. But clearly, if you're putting stuff through, though, all you're thinking about is putting stuff through. So I said, and then the guy went, oh, I'll tape you up. I've got some tape here. So I got in the bag <laughs> and he taped around the top and then I sort of waddled over and then I lay on the thing and then I pretended to be asleep and I emerged because Eula hadn't seen that I'd gone and then I emerged through the thing and then, but what was what I hadn't thought about was, is the, so I came through with my eyes and I remember opening my eyes and going, what? Oh, oh, I'm here, all right? And then I got out of the bag and then just ran off and... <laughs> What I remember was, was you lot all laughing, going, fucking idiot's gone through the thing. But, and, it, and that was that weird thing as well of like, at the time, nobody knew me. That was the other thing. Like, cause not, cause you know, it's that thing of like, if you, you know, if you're acting like a dick, if people recognize you, you're sort of, he gives you a bit of leeway. Whereas this was literally just, why is there a man in a bag? And then, and then I got it, and then you were all laughing, but everyone else was genuine, was so, everyone was so shocked yeah. that it had happened. Yeah. There was a genuine sense amongst the other people in the airport of like, what the fuck just happened there? Whereas you little silly bastard. And then, yeah, but that's just. But that's you. What, what's yeah. the what's your favorite like and maybe it isn't something that even that immediately comes to mind that it, if you're living your life like this but you, yeah you talk about that idea like you said of like you know, riding a motorbike because you wanted to ride a motorbike do you have a an example of something that you've done as an adult that is kind of has been living out the you know the fantasy of what you had always wanted to do when you were a kid oh god yeah like um uh well i did i did it I did a TV show in the UK and that was, there was a lot of things that that allowed us to do because, because weirdly when you've got cameras on you, people just, you, you can't do that. And you go on oh, no, telly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, well that must be fine then. So yeah, I did it, did this TV show and, um, I ended up doing stuff like, uh, I got a, got a woman she was called angela fox uh so officially on her license she was a fox uh -huh. and uh we got a fox costume and we used uh twitter she ran off in central london and i got a comedian and actor rufus hound mm. and we uh we did an urban fox hunt with a real woman dressed as a fox. And then we took the foxes, we had the big fox head. Mm. And then we went up the top of the shard in London because a fox had got to the top of the shard. And uh, we talked to the chief engineer about how the fox had got up there. And he just thought it was a normal interview. And then at the end I said, can we recreate the the fox getting up here? So I put the fox's head on and ran around the shard while the chief engineer chased after me. <laughs> and of course, because it's for the telly, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do that. Yep, yeah, before right. you, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that. And I, um, uh, you know, and I always do things like, I, 
Like I'll, I go to the supermarket and I'll I'll get big boxes of cereal and I'll like pile them up really high. So there's like 10 boxes of cereal and then I'll kind of like balance them so that it looks like I'm out of control. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, like that. And people will just be like, oh shit, are you all right? I'll be like, whoa, no, I'm fine like that. Like they're out of control. And uh, my wife doesn't find it funny. And my kids think it's hilarious. But I'll also do that thing of like, I'll carry something really big and I'll loosen my trousers. So I'll be walking along. So just my trousers fall down. And like people are just mortified. Just, oh my God. I'll be just, I can't, can somebody help me? Somebody and then like, you know, and then like my, uh, you know, my youngest daughter would be like trying to pull my trousers <laughs> up and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed and that sort of, uh, trying to think what else. Oh uh, yeah, I oh, know, of course. The most obvious mm-hmm. one is uh, uh, I bought a tank, uh, an ex-British Army tank, because mm-hmm. I just thought that'll be funny. Uh, just something to play with. And then we, um, so we used to drive that around the place. Uh, had a rhino for a while. Uh, bought this big, uh, fiberglass rhino and I used to mates would come over to ride motorbikes yeah. and I'd say to them it was, oh, I, used to, I loved it I used to, it's nice having friends over but it's just just people would come over and I'd say uh, I'd say look next door is because uh, we lived there was there was no neighbours around at all it was just like land and I said over the, on the other side of the forest there is a safari park and I said uh, uh, the fencing it said it's a family-run safari park. They haven't got the money. I'd say, so every now and again, the zebras get out. And my mates would be like, piss off. You no, know, this is, I'm not believing it for a second. So honestly, if you see a zebra, don't freak out. Just let me know and I'll ring, I'll ring the fella, Johnny lives over the sea. He'll, he'll come round and get the, get the zebra. And they'd be like, fuck off, we're not believing this. And I'd say, all right, so we, we all kit up. And my, my track, my motorbike track, was over this brow of this hill and I'd let them go first and they'd go over the brow of the hill and I got this realistic rhino and it was all in amongst the trees and they'd come and I'd just let them go first and I'd just wait and you'd just hear fuck <laughs> full size full size rhino you know and um trying to think what else what else have I done oh yeah at the moment so we moved into this new house and the people that we bought it off had a They've got a, they got this, they had an aviary, mm-hmm. and um, which is insane because it's that thing of like, there's all these like you live in the country, there's all these beautiful birds flying around. You go, oh, stick oh, one in the, <laughs> in the cage. So I went to the. I want to uh, see where the cage bird sings, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, I just want I want to see loads of birds, and then one just yeah. really sad. Just one sad bird. Yeah. Um, so I I went to a um, uh, garden centre. And I bought a life-size gorilla mm. and I've put it in the cage and then closed the door, but I've positioned it. So it's like, <laughs> so when people come in, the back of the aviary says so they walk into the garden and then they just like turn around and this thing's like <laughs> staring at them. And uh, so you know, just stuff, stuff like that, which is just kind of like, and I do this, I do this other thing as well, which really makes me laugh. Like, I love giving people presents that are way too big. Right. Like, so like, um, we went, we got invited, uh, got invited to somebody's house recently and, uh, and I'd only met them once before and it's like, come and stay with us. So I bought a goose. I bought this, like a life-size goose statue. 
and then just turned up and just went uh, oh it's like welcome I was like oh thanks for the invite brought you a goose and then just like give it to them and like save people going is he is he taking a piss is this a real and I'm like it's quite it's quite a good goose or, or, or the other one I like to do is I go to a charity shop I'll buy the biggest thing in the charity shop, you know. So like, so you buy it like so. So like, my mate Lee, he was having some drinks in London, so I found the charity shop that was near the pub. So you go in there, you get like a, you know, like a treadmill or something, and, like, and you've only got to you've only got to drag it like you know a couple of hundred yards or whatever, you know. But with Lee, I, I found this, um, you know, in you know in the old in the eighties where they used to have. Um, Oh, what do you call it uh, like um, travel agents and they'd have those huge pictures mm. like of the Bahamas yeah there was one of them and it was all faded and it and it just said the Bahamas and it was it was in a frame and everything so I um, uh, this is the same fella he had he had one so his boyfriend for a while was this Japanese guy so he's been out with one Japanese fella and uh so we just like constantly just like basically started saying that he was that he was just obsessed with Asian men. Right. And um so I was at Singapore and I um and I went up to a guy in the airport, this really old Singaporean man, and said, Can I have my photo with you? And then me with me arm around this fella and then I sent it to Lee and just went, You'd love it here. <laughs> he's just like did you go up to a stranger and ask so yeah so I bought him uh, what was it uh, I bought him this book it was like Taste of the Orient right and then uh, this that's not racist he just loves Asian men you know um, anyway so he's having his fight so I went to this shop and I got bought this giant picture that said the Bahamas, and it was really like I took it in. I was walking, I went, Happy birthday, and just give it to him. And then he went, Are you taking the piss? I went, Happy birthday. And then I think he's got a cart this room. And then I turned up to uh, so another mate. Um, I went to visit him, he'd moved house, and uh, he's got a daughter, like a, a, a young, she's uh, two now. And um, so I went to the toy shop and I went in, what's the biggest, well, what's the biggest teddy you've got? And they had this giant, it was about the size of this couch, this unicorn. So I just bought that and then turned up at the door with it under my arm. <laughs> Ding dong, he opened the door. I went, there you go. That's for the little one. He was like, you fucking bastard. So just so far, you know, they're just sort so of like... So how do, like, are other people in your world... So kids, obviously, when you have littler kids, they yeah. absolutely would love this. Do you have any fear that as your kids get older, they will at some stage think that, you know, that, you know, just the nature of being children, that some, you know, that somehow this sort of behaviour suddenly doesn't become something that they want from their father? Or um, is I've there a joy so, about it that you... So, so Elf's 11 now... And uh, so, yeah, my wife's quite. Um, she's a, she's quite. Uh, at one point, she were at an assembly last week, and she just went. She went that poor child, that poor child, because like they had to get up and 
they had to receive, they got their badges and it was about, you know, their leaders in the school community and all the rest of it. And she got up and she's looked across at me and I've just done the, I've just done the boss eyes, you know, done the, done the cross eyes like that. And uh, just trying and she started giggling and that. And Francis like, stop it. And she's like properly like, and I, so we had to sit down with that. And um, I sort of sat down and said, look, I understand that you might find this embarrassing. So if you if you think I'm embarrassing and I'm embarrassing you, tell me and I will tone it down. I went, but what you have to understand is I'm only doing this because I find it funny. And I really, I think you deep down know that it's funny. And she's like, yeah, th thanks. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, but I think as she gets a bit older, that will probably, because what was it? But that's the, a nice way to do it too, is to ask, to say to her, you know, yeah. if you find, you know, not, I'm not going to keep doing this regardless. If you find this, you know, let me know. Yeah, yeah, know. exactly. I mean, there was a... And when I say I tone it down a bit. <laughs> tone it down a bit. A bit. Well, for example, like, for example, there was, there was a, um, uh, the one, one assembly a couple of months ago, they had a, uh, they had this indigenous dance, a uh, break dance collective come in, and they were teaching them to break dance and stuff, and uh, really good, you know. And then uh, all the little kids, so like my youngest daughter's like seven, uh, they did some stuff with them, and then we went to the assembly, and they cleared back the middle of the floor, and they got the little kids came up and they did like a sort of dance off thing. So they come up and they're throwing down some shapes and then the older kids come up and the older kids, you could tell they're all like, just like a little bit embarrassed. And then, and this has just made me laugh. They went, and it was basically, it was just me and a load of mums. Right. Yeah. And they went, um, right. And now, uh, now the, the mums and dads, and you could see like the woman next to me, I honestly thought she was, she went, Oh God. Oh my God. And, um, so Elfie said afterwards, she said, um, they were all in their classroom afterwards. And one of them just went, what the hell was that? And they said, like, what? And the, and this, the, one of the kids went, did you see that guy? Did you see that guy? What was that guy? Like, that was insane. Somebody went, wasn't that your dad, Elf? And she went, yes. And because I just like, just thought like, because all these mums came forward right. and they were just like, you know, and it was it was embarrassing. And I properly busted some moves. I was like doing this Cossack dance. I was like, bang, bang. And then, uh, yeah. And I could just it see. Was like, well, I've, I've, I've danced. Yeah, exactly. I've danced. I was doing this every day. I've danced day. on the West End. Exactly. I'm, exactly. Uh, I'm a song and dance man. This is actually and, a retreat um, for the school. I don't know if you've yeah. ever had a West End I, dance. I run. mean, it, it wasn't what you would call traditional. It's, you know, the the Cossack dance is not a traditional break dance, no. but it looks impressive. And, and also, uh, those kids weren't expect. You know, if you look at me, you wouldn't think, there's a guy that can fully cost like that. So I gave it large and then I could just see, I could see my little in uh, and she was laughing her head off. And then I said afterwards, I went, oh, look, if that embarrasses you, I will stop doing it. 
And she went, oh, thanks. And she just went, no, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so it's, you know. Still funny. Still funny still at the funny. moment, at least. Yeah. Is there a skill that you don't possess that you would love to have? Like, you know, like, you know, something like, you know, dancing, singing, speaking a foreign language, like, you know, the capacity to play a, you know, sport or have a skill. Like, is there something that you would really love to be able to do? Yeah, I'd love to be able to spell. Right. I'd, 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 I'd um, yeah, and I'd like to be able to. Uh, I'd like. I'd like to be able to have the ability to comprehend the numbers, so that I could, so that I could. There's only. There's like. There's only so. Far, like, if I wanted to do. If I wanted to, because because I'm fa- I'm sort of fascinated by maths and science, but there's but. I can only, uh, if somebody explains it to me or I can watch a documentary or, you know, I can, I can sort of read a book, but I can't, I don't, I, I, I don't have the ability to use numbers and letters. I, I, I don't have the ability to use letters and numbers in order to unlock all those patterns and and mystery and all that sort of stuff so that's kind of uh and yeah and as much as i've worked around it like like, yeah so for for example my because of the dyslexia my spelling is so bad that sometimes it's so far away from the word that the uh, what's the thing that you the spell check? Oh yeah, the spell check mm. doesn't recognise it mm. as a word. Can't help you here, mate. Yeah, got, still got. Give us a clue. So still I got no idea what you're trying to spell here, mate. So sometimes if I'm writing a script, I'll have to have my phone next to me, and I'll write the word, and it's not recognised. And I'll try all different versions of it. I'll spell it phonetically. That doesn't work. So what I have to do is I have to go to my phone and I have to write the word in a sentence, you know, so if it's like algorithm or something, you know, I'll have to go into my phone and write, uh, the scientist worked on a complex algorithm. And the if I've tried, if I just try and put the word in, it won't recognize it in the thing. So I have to then mm. put it in context, yeah, give pre- press the Use thing, it, it comes up. Yeah. And then I have to copy and paste the word, or, or then you know, and and that's the one thing. As much as I, as much as I'd like to, uh, as much as I'd like to say, oh no, it's fine. You can work around it. That is the one thing that I find like uh, if, if I could have that skill, that would you know that would be great. But I wouldn't want to get rid of the. I, but I wouldn't if somebody came along and said we can yeah we can cure you of your dyslexia right. I would see you keep it mate I'm not because that's clearly so what whatever's going on there that's working for me so like that's just mm. you, you know what I mean so yeah. yeah yeah you know I've monetized that and I wouldn't be good at anything else exactly what would you do can you imagine what you would do because you've done comedy also from you were like fifteen or yeah, something. Well, when you started, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've really never done anything else. Never had you? a job, no. So, like, and that transition from what you do to, like, what you were doing playing, 
to like playing on stage, you've essentially just played all your life. Yeah. 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 So like, okay. Firstly, do you have the thought in your mind, or maybe this is about being in the moment, which is if that is your only skill, and it is a great and wonderful only skill to have. Yeah. Like there's, there is a bit of, there would be a bit of my mind that's like, shit, I have to make sure that I can do this for the next 20 or 30 or however many years yeah, so yeah. that because I'm not sure that I could do anything else and I'm going to be in trouble if I can't do anything else. Yeah. Do you think about that? Have you ever thought about what you would do if you didn't do comedy or are you just happy to imagine that you probably will just do comedy for the rest of your life? Yeah, it's, I've never, I, I always see it to people like if you, you know, anyone that's thinking of going into show business, absolutely 100% don't have a backup plan. Don't have something to fall. If you've got something to fall back on, you'll fall back on it. So just don't. My, my, uh, yeah. The, I mean, there are some risks. No. No? No. Just, I just think if it's there, if it's there, like just. I mean, I agree with the principle and it's a thing that I've said a lot myself <laughs> to people. But, yeah. but I also, it's very easy for someone who it's worked out for to say that. There's probably a whole bunch of people who are like, I didn't have a backup plan and yeah, now I have true. nothing. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's probably that's probably why it didn't work out for them, you know? Because they probably just, yeah, they didn't, yeah. No, yeah. Um, but, okay, but you yes. imagine that this, this or some version of this is what you do forever, right? Yeah. If it's not, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, excuse me. Um, I'll be dead soon because of this lung condition. Um... Uh, no, if if I had to, what's hilarious is mm. people always used to ask me, you know, that thing of like, oh, if you weren't allowed, because that's the other thing. It's you go, uh, oh, if you weren't doing what you, you're doing now, what would you do? And I go, oh, well, it's dead easy. And then I'd list off mm. a load of jobs that were all in the entertainment industry. <laughs> and you just go like, no, that's still, that's still. So my stock answer to this was always, if I had to have a job, mm. then... I always wanted to, well, it was, but my plan was I'd work in a slightly poorly attended video shop. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, because that's like the, yeah. you know, you literally just get to sit around all day just watching movies, you know? Like, I thought I'd work in a cinema, but then there's too much shit to do, you know? you got to be hoovering up popcorn and stuff. So I'd literally be sitting there while people browse just watching. There's a guy at our local video store when I was a kid and he was, he just used to sit there. He's quite an old guy and he just sit there and he have different films on. I just remember thinking he can just, he just goes to the shelf and just picks them out. Um, but now, of course, it's all, it's all changed, hasn't it? No, I think now, if I, if I was, uh, if I, if I was going to do something, I would, uh, I would teach people I teach people to uh, ride uh, off-road on motorcycles. I was A friend of mine runs a... <coughs> I've got a couple of mates, actually, who, uh, yeah, run, like, off-road motorcycle schools. And whenever I've whenever I've gone down and, and hung out down there with them, it's great. Just teach, you know, people come in, never ridden off-road before, get their confidence up. Teach him about, you know, the different uphills down, you know, difficult descent and all that sort of stuff. And then, uh, 
and then maybe have a quite like to have a like I wouldn't I mean it's a lot of work but like I quite like to have like a like an activity centre you know so like I'd I'd quite like to have you know like uh, basically I have my house but people yeah. paid to go yeah. basically you're saying some other way where I can just play for a living <laughs> yeah essentially what yeah I'm but saying. you know like I, yeah like a, you know have a, cl- a climbing wall like a bouldering gym mm. so yeah just be like climbing and maybe it's a maybe it's an arcade <laughs> But you know that's that's sort uh, of. How, you know. What's your relationship with attention like? Because like, would you feel if you went and did something else outside the world where you know you know yeah. thousands of people come and enjoy what it is that you do? Yeah. Do, do, do you, would you miss that from your life? What's your relationship to attention? Because like when you you talk about the way that you live your life, like yeah. somebody from the outside might go, you know, like often if somebody's having fun in public, in fact, I think the reason we get trained out of having fun in public is that attention, they, they call it attention seeking behavior and people yeah. don't reward, you know, people doing these sort of things eventually, you know, yeah. the cliche would be, you know, if you're down the street, you know, with your pants around your ankle, he just wants everybody's attention. Is it about attention? What is it about? Would you miss the attention if you suddenly didn't have you know, people paying attention to you. Um, yeah, is that attention? Is that attention-seeking behavior, or? Um, I mean, no. me knowing you, I would say no, it isn't. But I would like to know what you think yeah. about that. Because no, I, I would sort of, because um, because weirdly, I, because uh, weirdly, if you know, if you're in a if you're in a room or whatever, and people. Uh, you know, somebody's given a, a a heartfelt speech or whatever, and then they turn and they say, oh, and I'd just like to say, I just go, uh, you know, and everybody looks at me. It's like, oh, don't, like, don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not that bothered about people. You're right. Like, I'm not going, hey, look at me. But like, for example, dropping your pants in public, I just know that like, that will make my kids laugh and also more to the point it make me laugh right because for the rest of the day i'll remember the horrified look the horrified look on the woman's face who works in the shop going oh my god somebody's pants have just fallen down like the look of the, you know, just that, the empathy that they have for like, this is the worst thing that can happen. And then the look on their face where they realize, oh, he's done this on purpose and he's done it to make his kids laugh. And so, yeah, I'll, you know, that for the rest of the day, I kind of go. So, no, I don't, I don't, uh, and I've never really, this sounds a bit weird, but like, I've never really been interested in fame. I thought I was when I was a kid. So I've never told anyone, this is is only two people on earth know about this. When I was a kid, so I, I, Got, I'd only been doing stand-up for probably two months, two, three months. And myself and another guy, Stefan, who was, I think he was about 19 at the time, we got a job writing and performing sketches on Saturday morning kids TV. They used mm-hmm. to do it in Newcastle, uh, where I was grew up. And uh, so it was, it was live, it was live telly. And we'd write a sketch and so we'd write the sketch on a Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, they would uh, get the props and the costumes. We'd rehearse it on a Friday. And then on Saturday morning, 
national telly. It was like like a sort of here here Saturday type thing, you know, but in the mornings. And um, the very first one that we did, I had this thing in my head of just going, we're going to be famous after this. We'd be on the telly. Everybody's going to know us. Everyone's going to be looking at us. And in my head, as a kid, I had this thing of going like, uh, oh, yeah, this is like you go on TV. Because at the time, it was still... You know, this was in the early 90s. It was still, I think, there, there was only four channels or whatever. And I thought, every kid in Britain that's watching TV is either, I mean, they were all watching BBC, we were on ITV, but, you know, half the kids in Britain are going to be watching this. And then, so we did it and we're on this big high from doing, you know, live telly as a teenager or whatever. And then, uh, and we were discussing it and we were going, we were in our dressing room afterwards going, this is going to be weird because we're going to be like, we're like famous now. We've been on TV. People are going to be recognising us. And Steph, the the guy that I did it with, he said, um, he said, should we, um, should we just go out and like, you know, yeah, get get, get recognised yeah. in that. So we went to the city centre. Nothing. Like walking around, and they were going, oh, "This is a bit weird." It's like, okay. And then he went, and I was just, so I just now he's so sad. He went. Should we go to the toy shop? <laughs> and and it went, yeah, yeah, because it's gonna be kids in it. Right. We say, all right, okay, let's yeah. let's get some because we thought we'd be mobbed, you know. Right. So we went to the toy department of this big department store, and we went in there, and there was kids in there, basically, not running up, going, "Oh my god, that was amazing." Literally just looking, just looking at us like, There's, I sort of, why, like, do I know this person? Like, this sort of weird, so basically we just walk into this toy department where there's just kids kind of looking at us in a kind of a, like, they're not recognizing, we were in costumes anyway, do you know what I mean? But there was just that thing of like, kids who were recognizing us, but, but in a really sort of like, disconcerted sort of weird and then i realized oh i get it this is you know like like fame fame isn't it isn't what you think it's gonna be and and you know people always say that you know but there's that weird thing of like at that point i just went oh right okay so this is this is not what i thought it was gonna be and and it's also it's quite disconcerting and a bit kind of, uh, and so from that point on, I always had that thing of like, I wasn't going, uh, oh, you, you know, the, the sort of the recognition, it, I went, oh no, this is, and then, and then after that, I, we sort of did that for a bit. And then after that, I turned down telly because I thought, and for years and years, I, I, I refused to do TV because I thought that it would have a negative impact on, on my on on what I was trying to do, and and I think as soon as you sort of, as soon as you sort of figure that out, then it lifts this. It sort of lifts you out of going, of 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 you know that sort of thing. That and do you think that was the right? I mean, I externally, it's very easy for me to say from the outside. Yeah. But I do feel like the reason that you do what you do and it's so unique and it is, you know, so you is because you kept it away a little bit from that, 
you know, letting other people make up their minds of totally. what you were doing and, you know, you know, kind of have a perception when they came to their show that was different to what you were actually going to try to do in your show and all these sort of things. The fact that you actually built it without, you know, shining the cameras on it first. I yeah, think yeah. In the long run, turned out to be a very good thing. Do you feel the same a, way? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. But then again, maybe it's that thing of like, I'm a massive control freak. That's just, a, you know, this narcissist that goes, you know, you're not touching touching my thing but no that that sort of uh you know once you've got your once you've got your thing you you know for me it was about like all right well i'll appear on this show but you know it was that thing of like oh do you want to do like uh you know i'd be offered sort of like uh do you want to do like a 10 minutes on a stand-up show and i just say no like turn it down completely and i was going you can have my show but you can put my whole show on TV, you know? And that's the... Um, uh, and luckily, I was earning enough money from the live work that, that that was never, like, that was never an issue, you know? And then you can sort of... You can... Then you sort of go, oh, well, actually, if I, if I do this show, that'll kind of... That will sort of... You know, my media currency will, will go up. And that will allow me to do this thing or, you know, and there's, there's been, there's been a couple of things. There's been a couple of things where I've gone, oh, actually, if I was, if I was a lot more famous, I, I you know, I could, they, they would. They'd let me do that. They'd, thing. they'd let me do that thing. Mm. But then that's sort of. Are there things yeah. that you, you know, I mean, are there things that you have wanted to do that you, have not got to do that you perhaps will never get to do? No. 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 There's a thing at the moment, mm. i got to be careful what I say, but no, no. there's a thing at the moment which, uh, there's a thing at the moment which which basically uh, that's happening in America, which if I was a big star in America, I would love to do, but, I could, but it's one of those things where, mm. you know, they, they have to, they have to do it with a big American star. Yeah. And that, and there's part of me that just goes, of course, of course. But you sort of go, oh, that would have been, oh, that would have been fun to have do you, with the American. Like, what's your relationship with America? Because obviously you, like, you know, huge UK act and then obviously have had a massive career here in Australia. Like, what's your American, like, have you spent a heap of time doing shows in America? No. Have you had ambitions to I, do that? I went I went there, I did a TV show there, I flew in, did a telly show, and then left. Mm. And that was the only time I've been. And then I went there last year, end of last year, I did, I went and played New York and LA. Um, and that, that's the only time I've been. So I've, I've played there. Mm. I've done like three gigs in America. Mm. So, uh, so probably not then. <laughs> No, no, but I've always left it, and then it was. Yeah. I, I was going to go over there, and um, uh, I was going to go over there, and I was going to sort of spend, you know, because like when like Eddie Izzard obviously went over, and and you know he he went to New York and just played New York for months and months, and and he was constantly, you know, you know, quite uh, like you know he's a real sort of uh, it's a real lesson in in uh, you know not pulling the bridge, like really trying to be as encouraged. I'm doing this. Everyone should be doing this. You know, you know, like 
if we're all doing something, it's all benefiting each other, you know. And uh, and his thing of going over there and playing there and you know building it up. And uh, I was gonna do that, and then uh, you know, and that was one of them things where I had kids, and it was that thing of going, do I want to go to do I want to go away for three months to build that when actually I get the, I can do the same gigs, and you know, it's kind of like doing that would be purely as a you know that would be purely a profile thing so i just kept putting it off and going, i'll get round to that and then last year i finally got round to to going and uh it was and i you know i turned up i thought this you know this could be this they could literally just stare and just go oh, what what is this you know and then it turns out which is why I'm kind of going, I've got, I've got to get back, I've got to get back, is, you know, that thing, of, well, you know from playing there, the American audiences just lose their shit. Oh, yeah, shit. no, they're amazing. I mean, I, you know, after New York, I went, well, that was a blip, you know? Yeah. I just thought, you know, that was that's going to be enough. Like, just the fact, that, and that's, no, you know, look, I think, the British audiences and Australian audiences. And that's why I think it's quite ironic that the Americans go, oh yeah, but the, you know, the, you know, the Aussies and the Brits aren't, they're not as funny as us. You go, mm. you look at it and you mm. think, oh, the Americans must be incredible because of the reaction they're getting. No. And then you no, go. The audiences are incredible. <laughs> the audience, the I, audiences are incredible. I could not yeah. believe it. Yeah. There was stuff which was like. Well, they've been trained to be audiences. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, there still is in Australia and the UK, the element of, like, go on then. You know, you think yeah. you're funny, entertain me. You know, like, and again, even if people are being a lot more generous than that, it's just kind of built into our, you know, whereas America, you know, the aspirational country, the country where, you know, the idea that you're standing on stage in front of people is is worthy of being applauded loudly yeah. in, in of itself, yeah. you know? Like, I, I could, and then if you are actually good at what you do, they've been trained in a way that it's like, you clap or you laugh out loud or you stand up at the end if you've enjoyed it. Like that's what I, Americans I could, do. Like the fact that they were, cause I don't know if you find this, but like there's a, I really love the, I love the begrudging standing ovation. Like it's one of my favorite things. I like finishing a show and seeing like mm. a, a handful of people. Yeah. Shoot. Go to, for it. Yeah. Know, really up, go for it. Straight up. And then just the, just that slow mm-hmm. arthritic mm. oh we're gonna have to we're gonna and then the fact that like like some night you know like when we were doing the, the frankenstein the end of that show it's two hours mm. of just non-stop singing dancing gags gag 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 when it putting on the ritz with the monster is this like it builds and builds as a dancey bit at the start and it builds and then you've got the comedy bit and then as like the stage is filled with dancers dressed as monsters doing this incredible like tap routine and then it's, you know, builds at the end and then like, you know, the whole thing and then builds a big number at the end and when we were doing our previews up in Newcastle, it's my hometown anyway, so they're up for it. Like, like literally the audience on their feet, like standing ovations every night. It was like incredible. And then we got to London. 
<laughs> and in the previews, you'd get, you know, there was always a standing ovation, but it was just that thing of like the speed to which the, you know, and then there was some nights, you know, and then the first night where they didn't stand, you're literally there just going, how much more do you want? What a, how, you do, know? how do I impress you people? Yeah. I like the holdout. I'm always, I love a room where like literally 95% have gone up in a spontaneous and then just a group of people go, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. Just. No. No. Don't care. Don't care that I'm well yeah. and truly in the minority. 100%. In this. I but saw. Yeah, I, saw I actually said to somebody, I said, I got more standing ovations in a week of doing shows in Denver than I reckon I got in a year of doing shows in Australia. Yeah. Because the Americans just love. They, they almost feel rude not to. Right. Like it's yeah, it was it was quite it was quite extraordinary, and it also made me, it also made me think. So, if I built it in America, if I was playing, you know, because I was playing small theaters, if I was playing huge rooms in America, would I, would that be good for me, or would it be the opposite? Would it be the sort of thing where? would it ruin mm. would it ruin london you know would it ruin the uk and here because then it's that thing of like you yeah. going out there and you're just <laughs> getting so much love that then you go and do you know you you're playing like i don't know you're playing like grimsby on a wednesday <laughs> and it's just that thing of um yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we we have to finish up soon because uh, you've got another appointment. But I want to. Yeah. Um, uh, We've been talking for so long. My watch battery's run out. Okay. Run well, out. There you go. well yeah. I reckon. It, I I would say that we should. Like I, yeah, I, yeah. I reckon we should be finishing up. So I've got two questions that yeah. are kind of compulsory for me to ask, and yeah. then nobody will complain about anything. Uh, the first one is: What do you think happens when we die? Uh, exactly the same as before we were born. Never believed anything other than that. Uh, what, can you, do you know what happened before you were born? Absolutely. Well, I don't. No, that's why I do this podcast to ask people. Yeah. I'm trying to find a good answer. No, yeah. no. I mean, no. It's just. I, it's I would just, like to. Yes, but it, has that always been your thought process, or was there a moment in your life where you came to that realization? Like, uh, were you raised another way? Were you told there was like a a god or a uh, something else that you know, like reincarnation or I, any of yeah. those sort of things? Or did you always have a sense that you know we we are what we are right now, but before we don't know what we were, and after we don't know what we were? I think that um, my my mum was Catholic, and my my dad was uh, was a science teacher. And then, and so he, um, the original old couple. Yeah. You know, he, d he didn't believe in any of that. Um, science. Science. It's so made it difficult, made it difficult for his pupils. It just go like, uh, I mean, you can heat it up, but yes. oh, that's, I think it might be witchcraft. <laughs> uh, open your books on uh, page four. Voodoo. Um, uh, so, but my dad was quite, uh, he just said, look, people, he said, people believe all sorts of stuff. He said, you have to just work it out. You have to just look at everything and work it out for yourself. And I, I, I and I had a, when I was at, uh, uh, 10, maybe 10 or 11, um, a guy called Dave Glover came to our school. He was a, he was a Christian magician. 
and uh, he did a card trick where he basically turned over, he shuffled the cards, and then he t- as he turned the cards over, he went, uh, some people spend their life playing the Joker, and he literally went, he'd take the first card and he'd go, playing the Joker, the, and he'd turn them all over, you know, spend their time every night at different clubs, but Jesus is the king of our hearts. And I went, I'm going to be a Christian. What I didn't realize was, is that what I believed in was show business. Yeah. And yeah. so... Place up magic. That was your real yeah, I just went, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I joined a Christian fellowship and I uh, went there every week. And I really got into how you should read the Bible and stuff. But then I realized I loved the card trick mm. that he did. I loved the singing. I loved the music. Yeah. I loved the standing the stories, there. maybe. The, yeah, yeah, and just, and all of that. Yeah. And there was a moment, it's not that I went, oh, there's no God. I just went, oh, I see what this is. This is making me feel a certain way. And also the time when I realized it's probably not a God was, I hadn't, I hadn't had any breakfast and I cycled, I was late and I cycled there and we started singing and I fainted and I thought it was, this yeah. like I thought the the Jesus had got mm-hmm. into me, and I opened my eyes after having fainted, and I was like there was a there was a, uh, sunlight you know, skylight, and the sun was shining in. So I faint, wake up, and there's a blinding light, and I honestly thought that I'd transcended. I thought that was it, and uh, so my eyes became a cuss, and I realised there was quite a lot of geography teachers and uh, local people that work for the council looking in and I went oh, that's kind of spoiled it but I was I was fully I really tried with the Christianity mm. thing but I just realized that the thing that all, was all the things you liked about it you could find somewhere else yeah yeah, yeah. and and I and I honestly think that like um we uh, you know the the the, the human brain is we are so because we are you know i know it's a cliche but because we are just this massive chemical reactions and the fact that your you know all of your perception of reality it's 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 all in the brain so i just i just think it's one of those things where you know when that when that stops firing, it just, I, I just think, you know, I don't think we go off to a, another place. I just think we shut down and it's just, it's like you can't remember what it's like to be, you know, you went to sleep last night and you woke up this morning, I just think you just don't wake up. And I find that comforting. I sort of think, you know, people, you know, some people are like scared of death, you know. I mean, I'm not massively keen about the idea of dying in pain, but, you know, again, it's, I, I just sort of think, I think that's quite comforting. You just you just get to the point where you go, you know, one night you literally go, that's that's it now. That's, uh, you know, I've just, uh, you know, the, the, um, the, the repetition of it, just, you just, you, you close your eyes and it's that thing if you go, Boomf, and you just you 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 know you've the 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 energy's the energy's dispersed. You know, that's that's I, I, a lot of people go. How can you look at that as the you know? Think, Isn't that terrifying? You go well, not really. It's just 
you know, it's just time to, you know, it's like a, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a ball rolling down a hill, you know, eventually it goes on the flat and the energy just, just runs out, you know, you don't look at that and go, oh no, the, you know, he's <laughs> just, so, oh God, we better, better light some candles because that ball, that, that marvel's run out of energy. Yeah. Uh, one more. So uh, I have a time machine. I don't, unfortunately. Right. Uh, one day, if this podcast does better, if we yeah. if we do, you know, my favourite murder numbers, I might actually be able to invest <laughs> in a time machine. But at the moment, it's a hypothetical time machine. Yeah. Uh, r- round trip, mm-hmm. and you can go back to any moment in history or any moment in your life, and either change or observe it. Do you, what do you do? Oh, any moment in history. <sighs> It's a big one, isn't it? Mm. Uh, That's why it comes right at the end. Yeah. Any more? You know what? It's annoying me. I I was thinking about. It doesn't this have thing. to be a big thing, by the way. Um. Sort of. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because if you sort of went back to any time in your life, you would just be watching yourself. Mm. You just be watching yourself having that experience. Do you have any desire to, like, you know? sit in your own audience to watch you, to, you know. <laughs> no well weirdly here's a, a bizarre thing is if i've done a show and then we're editing mm. so we filmed the show and then we're editing it sometimes i've had this a couple of times where i'll be you know i'll just be fannying about on stage and because i've forgotten what was happening at the show and I'll say something, and I've actually done that where I've made myself laugh, mm. where I've gone, oh, oh, that's a good gag. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's weird, because I'm laughing at myself. And then the other one that I've done is where somebody's said something in the audience, and then I've sat there in the edit and gone, oh, yeah, like, and made a joke, and yeah. then me on stage has, has made that joke. Yeah. And I go, oh, because <laughs> it's a little bit like oh yeah well you would say that wouldn't you <laughs> and I don't know and so I don't know whether or not that's the same I don't know whether that's me remembering the joke that I made or whether or not that thing fires something in my head that makes a connection and you go oh, I've just made that connection right. again and if that's the case you go oh so there's actually like only a finite amount of things that you can think of. You know? Okay, so, well, this is, so. might seem like a really weird question, and I, I'm really like aware that you have to go. But is do you do you think that you would be? I mean, the work the the work you make isn't necessarily the work that you consume, right? Like you know, as in like I make the sort of stuff that I make because it's the sort of stuff that I like to make. But the sort of stuff that I like to make wouldn't necessarily be the sort of stuff that I would go out to. Would you go out and see yourself at a night of stand-up comedy, do you think? Yeah, if you weren't you. Are, are you the sort of comedian that you would like to go and see? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I always... I think like with any... The risk sounding pretentious. I think with, with well, any... This is the time for it. If they've yeah, made it yeah. this far, through, you can sound as pretentious as you want. This is the more serious I've ever been yeah. on any podcast. I like it. Yeah. Um, it's this couch. Yeah. Well, um, it's kind of the point of this podcast too. So I appreciate okay. that you have been. Uh, I think you... With any art, I think you should always 
you should always make the thing that you want to see. And that's kind of, um, but obviously it just depends on, depends on how, whether your, whether your talent or skill or whatever matches, you know, what you would, what, you know, what, you know, you're all, I think you should always be striving to go, yeah, if if I was in the if I was in the audience, would I want to see that? And then I think that sort of stops you from going if you make a choice, and you know, because sometimes if you think, oh, I'm not going to do that, that's a bit hack. But are you doing that by your own standards or by what other other people think? You know, so um, I think, yeah, I would, I would go and see. If it was somebody else doing what I do, yes, I would go and see them. And would you sit down the front and join in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go, I wouldn't do it like that, man. But but equally, but equally, yeah. there's for me, there's no there's no greater joy than going to see something that is not what I do. You know, like like for me, if I go and see uh, you know, say like Stephen Wright, you couldn't find somebody that's further away from what I do than Stephen Wright. But going to see him just fills me with so much, so much joy because what he's doing is just, you know, it's it's completely... It's not. It's not what I do, but that's that's what I love about it. And you, you can know? probably relax your brain. I like you know seeing a Sam Simmons <laughs> or someone for the same reason because your brain doesn't start to try to put the ingredients together if it's someone a little bit similar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, that's that's you know, true. Yeah, you can just go. Well, I'm not going to be doing this. I'm not trying to. I, anyway, time machine, and then we're done. Time machine. Uh, where would I go? I would go to. Um, Oh, it's a bit... I know you're probably supposed to say... You're not supposed um, to say anything other than what you want to say. I know, but like with these things, okay, you're supposed we'll, to we'll say... Okay, we'll go and kill Hitler that, or whatever. Yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Blah, blah. you don't yeah, kill like, Hitler. Oh, just go and kick his dad in the balls. Yeah, good point. So, we'll go you and, know. Yeah, but you know, like, I mean, it wasn't just one guy. There was some circumstances. <laughs> exactly, anyway, it's exactly. problematic. Let's just use no, it No, I would go back and... Uh, I would go back and I would... Uh, and I would take over from Hitler... And oh. then do exactly what he did, right up to the point where it started getting nasty. Oh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> and then, go. and then just go, hey guys, yeah. guess what? Let's not do this yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Our best then- <laughs> theory on that was that you, raising baby Hitler. You go back and you don't kill Hitler. You, you raise baby Hitler in a different way with different values. Or you just go back to his mum and dad, mm. and then. Anyway, the anyway, point is, yes, you're, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, and like what I was going to say, was you're supposed to talk about something that's of a big, yeah. you know, uh, very highfalutin. But I would actually go back to um, either the mute. I'd, I'd, I'd either like to go back and see and experience the the music hall. I'd yeah. love to see music hall in its its heyday, and and there's a there's a uh, 
And there's also, which I'm really fascinated by, do you know George Formby, the ukulele man? Oh, not not, you know, not, the, not the, George Formby, the grill guy. Not the grill guy. Yeah. Oh, when I'm cleaning yeah. windows, if you could see what I could see. George Formby did a tour of South Africa where he got really annoyed that there was no black people in the audience. Uh -huh. And he, a girl came on stage with some flowers and he hugged this kid. He picked this kid up and hugged mm. her, little black kid. And it was like this big scandal. And he uh, he demanded that he was allowed, he, he, got, he got annoyed about it. And then uh, he wanted to go out and then play to a mixed audience. And in the end, it caused so much controversy that as he was, they basically put him on a plane and said, you're out of here. And as the plane was taking off, uh, the promoter, they shot the promoter. And like this, so there's a whole, uh, there's this whole sort of, uh, so yeah, so there's this whole thing of like George Formby in Africa and I'd lo I, I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit obsessed mm -hmm. with this story, so I I quite like to I quite like to see what actually happened there. That's great answer. You you have to go. Right. You're going to be running late. So thank you very much for doing the show. Oh,